Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. church. How are you doing today? 2019 is almost gone. In some ways it feels like it's taken forever. In some ways it feels like we were just here with 2018. How many can relate to that? And as you get older you find that I used to hear older people say this when I was younger. That when you get older, time flies by. How many remember saying that? And I'm older than 21. Slightly. But it, it, it still feels like I spent most of my life getting to 21 years old. And then somebody greased my bottom and slid me down life. (laughs) I mean, it's like the first 21 years took 45 years. And then the 40 years after 21 took 10 years. How many older people know what I'm talking about? How many of you like are in the middle of the slide? Bottoms well greased. You're flying. Yeah. And yet we have this moment. We have this moment this morning. You have this moment. I've been thinking this morning about the incredibleness of sharing God's heart with people. God the Father sent his son. And to save us. That's what we just celebrated with Christmas. And yet when Jesus talked about his ministry, he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach. Wow. Through the years I've come to understand this. I've come to understand that preaching first and foremost changes the spiritual atmosphere. Years ago, I had this brown-eyed, brown-haired beauty I wanted to impress. In high school, I was a wrestler, and I was very, very good. But it's been several years I'm out of high school, and I meet her, and, and so to impress her, I, I signed up for a wrestling tournament. And it's, it's not going well. They have weight classes, and... One of the weight classes is 195 to unlimited. So my goal was to make sure I weighed 194. Because I didn't like the look of the unlimited, you know. And you can imagine my disappointment on weigh-in morning when I weighed 195. I'd been out of wrestling for a few years, 
so I didn't really know what was going on. And this was a national tournament, one of the higher-ranked tournaments in, in amateur wrestling. And after you weigh in, a few minutes later, the pairings are done, and I had people coming up to me, and they said, do you know who you're paired with? And I said, no. No, who? And they said, this guy just finished second in the nation in Division I wrestling. He's from, he's from Iowa State. 255 pounds of man meat, okay? <laughs> and I, I get out there and if you think I'm bragging, I'm, I'm just going to tell you the end of the story. I lost bad. I lost, like, really bad. I, think, I don't think I impressed her. I think she felt sorry for me. I think that's what that day did. <laughs> but it, 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 it started, and, and I, I used everything I knew to use, and here's the truth. In less than 30 seconds... The match was that close to being over, and I was going to win. After the match, I got to talk to this guy. He said, man, I have never been hit so hard and so fast. He said, it was over. It was over. Until the ref blew, ref blew the whistle because the time clock didn't start. He said, I have never been pinned in all my wrestling career, and I was about to be pinned. And the time clock didn't start, and the ref stopped the match, took all my points away, and started it all over again. And you know what I think happens when, we, when we, we have moments when God the Father, in the presence of our enemies, sets a table before us. And our enemy now has to stand back and watch while we get another chance to do it right. And I kind of think that's what happens sometimes when we gather in a church service. I'm, I'm encumbered to do my part, to do my very best to try to find the heart of God to share with you, and to do my very best to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit do that. And then it's up to you. What will you do with it? That day when the ref blew the whistle and took all my advantage away and took my points away, my adversary took advantage of it. <laughs> Made me cry like a girl. I didn't cry. I should have. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to talk to you for a few minutes about 2020 vision. As I understand it, when you go get your eyes tested, 
the doctor will rate it and say you have 20-20 vision, you have 20-25, you have 20-30 vision. Basically when they say 20-20, they're saying that you see at 20 feet what you should see at 20 feet. When they say you see have 20-30 vision, they're saying that what you see at 20 feet, you should be able to see at 30 feet, but you got to get to 20 feet to see it. 20-20 vision, Matthew 6, 22. The light of the body is the eye. If, therefore, thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me this morning? Father, I, I endeavor to do your heart and your will as I, I share with your people. And yet, Father, I know that, that that endeavor is destined to end in tragedy lest the Holy Spirit does his part. So, Holy Spirit, I ask you to do that. I ask you to speak to us. I, I ask you to just know that you have free reign to speak to every heart in here this morning and to do your will, and I thank you for that. Amen. If you know your Bible, you know that this scripture is pulled from the middle of what has been termed the Sermon on the Mount. I'm a, I'm a believer that to really capture the truth of something, you really got to take a moment and look and see what's going on. And um, in spite of what Hollywood has tried to tell you when they've tried to depict this, this, this sermon being preached to a large multitude of people, the Bible tells us a different story. I don't have it in the queue, but if you go back to chapter 5 where this sermon starts, verse 1, it basically says that Jesus, seeing the multitudes, turns his back on them and walks away. He goes up into the mountains and leaves all of them there. And he makes his way up to a solitary place in the mountains. <clears throat> and he's so earnest about his walking that he sits down and he waits. And the disciples finally catch up to him. And they sit down, just him and his disciples. And he begins to tell them, Matthew 5, 2. Blessed are the... He's, 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 he's delivering something, and he's delivering this message not to the multitude. He has literally just separated himself from the multitude. He's talking to his church. He's talking to his disciples. And he's telling them this instead of the multitude because in reality, if the church doesn't get it right, the world won't get it right. 
You know, I, I sometimes am amazed that there are Christians looking for the judgment to come, of God to come on this planet, and they forget that the judgment first comes to the church before it hits the planet. Come on. And so Jesus is telling the church here that, that for you to operate, for you to operate in the kingdom and for, for this to work for you, this is what you need to understand. And in the midst of that, we, we pull these two verses out. And Jesus says something very profound here. He said, your eyes, the light of the body is the eyes. And if the light be single, I got two eyes. As I look around here, thankfully, all of you do as well. He said, if the light in you is single, then your whole body is filled with light. But then look at the contrast. But if your eye be evil, he contrasts single with evil but if thine eye be evil the whole body is full of darkness now I guess if we've lost anything in the church it's this this black and white with God and this all or nothing we we, we really have have, have accepted a, a religious attitude sometimes where we give God part of our life. I tell people, you don't make a decision for God. How many decisions do you have? I had three decisions for the Lord this morning. Where's, where's that ever? Well, find that in Scripture. Some of you made the decision to shower this morning. Thank God. Some of you didn't have time. We know who you are. We know who you are. Listen, if you're sitting next to them, don't, 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 don't look at them right now. Just, they know. That's a decision. Some of you were deodorant. You put deodorant on. Thank God for that decision. But you don't make a decision for God. Whatever happened to just selling out? Taking a prisoner of God. A prisoner doesn't have any decisions. Paul called himself a prisoner of the Lord. Prisoner gets up when they tell him to get up. They eat what they tell him to eat. They eat when they're told to eat. They go to bed when they're told to go to bed. They can go here if they're allowed to go there, and they can't go there if they're told they can't. That's what it means to be saved, where you, you sell out everything to God. You don't make a decision. You throw up your arms and surrender, and you say, accept me, forgive me. And Jesus here is talking about a, an individual who's divided, that their eye isn't single. It's divided, and, and he calls it evil. When we have one foot in the world and one foot in the body of Christ. 
when we act differently on Sunday than we do on Monday or Tuesday. Come on, church. When the person... Years ago, I had a... situation I was struck. I didn't know what to deal with. person confessed to me something about somebody that I knew. And the horrors that came out of them about their life with this person, and yet it didn't match the public image. Jesus here is talking about our eyes being the, the, the vessels that that bring the light into our life. And that if it's single, then the, the light fills the body. So you, you're not just a believer on Sunday when the music's the right volume and it's the right song or the message is just like you like it, but, but on Monday and Wednesday and Friday and Saturday, you, you are still full of God because your life is full of God because you have a singular focus. It's not divided. This morning the Lord's put on my heart something about this, this focus. And I, I understand this focus can mean several things. It can be those that look to man instead of God. You, you talk about a God who does everything, but then you look to man for most things. I understand it could talk about that. It could talk about being carnal and spiritual. But the Lord's put on my heart this one truth found in Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Is there anybody in here besides my wife who is a morning person? Because most usually when God has his way, he puts a morning person with a non-morning person. He's just got a weird sense of humor like that. I mean, he's in a kind of relationship. Come on, be honest. All right, see what I'm talking about? There are those people that, oh, I look, the sun's up. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's get it going here, people. And then there's people like me. Are you wanting to die? I've had this term with my wife. I've used it for a few times when I'm sitting down trying to have my first cup of coffee. And she's machine gunning me. That's what that's the term I use. And at some point in time, somewhere about her first or second breath, she'll look over at me and I'll just give her that look and I'll hold my cup of coffee up. I haven't even had one sip. You've asked me four life-changing questions <laughs> and I haven't even had one sip. I don't care. 
Right now, I don't care. Let them die. I don't care. Just, just let it go. That has nothing to do with my sermon. I'm just, this is therapy for me. And, and Jesus made a reference in, in Matthew 5 about, Matthew 6 about, are I being single? Because I, I've noticed something down through the years of doing ministry, and that is there are, there are people, unfortunately, whose eye is not single. Their, their eye is not focused on today. Their eye is also focused on yesterday. And they're trapped. They're, they're trapped because of what somebody did to them yesterday. Or they're trapped in what they did yesterday. And they engage all of their life based on yesterday. What you did yesterday in their mind is what you will do today. Some people when they argue they get hysterical. There's other people who get historical. And they collect things as ammo. They can't wait for you to open your mouth and, and then, oh, I'm loaded and ready now. And they start in on that. You apologized for that. You, you, you sincerely said you were sorry and and yet, here it comes. I'm not talking about unrepentant sin. I'm talking about stuff that, come on. And they want to engage all of life in yesterday. They, they are deceived into thinking that if they can fix their yesterdays, that today will be okay. And that today will never be okay until you fi they fix all of their yesterdays. They want an apology for everything that was ever done wrong. They want an explanation for everything they did wrong. They want to understand everything about yesterday. They want yesterday fixed. And until yesterday is fixed, they will not be happy today. They are unable to focus on today because of yesterday like the old Beatles song yesterday seems so far away but now all my troubles are here to stay because I believe in yesterday that's their mantra their whole life is spent in yesterday. The struggle with that is that God is not the great I was. He's not the great I was. He was the great I am yesterday, but yesterday is gone. And there are those people who, who want to go back. 
We've encountered them even in the church. I, I just wish we had church like the good old days. How many heard that? And that conversation with me usually goes like this. Why do you want it like the good old days? Well, because I think things are a mess now. Okay? But if the good old days were so good, then how'd they get to be in a mess? Come on. If that was so good, if that road was so good, how's come we ended up in the swamp? with people having no understanding about a genuine relationship with God. And there are those that everything back here has to be remedied. All, everything has to be resolved. They have to understand, why did God, why did I, why did this, why did that? And yet Paul's prescription for that, and listen, Paul had a past. Christians died because of Paul. Paul had a past. Anybody in this room got a past? Paul had a past. Paul's advice to us was, he said, this one thing I do. Forgetting those things that are behind. You know what he's saying? I'm, I'm putting up a wall. It's like the mind, you know? The mind's like, I'm not a good mime, I know that. I didn't, just so you know, I didn't practice for that. I just, that's, that's all I got. Wasn't even a good one. Paul said, I, 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 I've done, I've decided this. I'm, I'm, I'm going to forget that. I, I blew it. Just tell yourself right now, you blew it. You, you blew it. Come on. Get real. Listen, folks, if you can't be real with a person in the mirror, you'll never be real with everybody else. It starts with being real with you. You blew it. You had your chance to tell them about God and you didn't take it. You blew it. I'm not minimizing that. You had your chance to do right, and you didn't do it. You had your chance to, and you didn't. But, but listen, if you're not careful, you will carry yesterday into today. And you'll repeat. It's been said the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Yesterday is yesterday. Repent. Put it behind you. And then there are people that are stuck in tomorrow. You know, a few days there will be people that make New Year's resolutions. I think it's the time of the year we most feel free to lie to ourselves. And they're going to get things right 
tomorrow. They're going to do it right tomorrow. Every time I have sinned, I have purposed in my heart that I'm not going to do this anymore. This is the last time. Anybody ever been there? This is the last time I'm making this mistake. It almost freed me. It almost freed me. I'm not doing that anymore. It's the last time. It's the last time. I'm, that's the last time I'm doing this. Tomorrow I'm going I'm to do better. Am I the only one that's ever been on that journey? Tomorrow I'm going to... Just yesterday I, I, I was sitting in a car waiting and... Everybody, I think, in this room has a type of person that just irritates you. Does anybody? I understand. A good preacher wouldn't tell you that. I understand. I'm just, I'm just being real with you. And I saw one of those people. And I was irritated. stopped and I said, God, I'm so sorry. I wish that wasn't my first response. That isn't your response to them. I didn't speak to them. I've never spoke to this person. I'll never see him again. They were just one of those kind of people that just... I know everybody thinks preachers are perfect. You don't you just love everybody and everything's fine. I'm, I struggle just like everybody in this room. I saw this person and they, they just were that type of person that just irritated me. And I had to ask God, forgive me. I don't. And I didn't determine tomorrow to be better about it right that moment. I repented to God for feeling that way about that type of person. And then without them knowing it, I prayed for them. And I was praying as much for my own heart. I was praying for them. And I want to tell you, I know I'm not running the tops of the pews and I'm not shouting. I want to tell you the greatest thing I could ever tell you right now is if you don't face your heart issue today, you won't face it. Get brave. Just get in its face. Just I don't know how else to say it. Just get in its face. Just call it like it is. Quit lying to yourself. Because I found out that if I lie to myself today, this then it becomes part of my yesterday, and and it, it, it's like an anchor that wants to. I saw a guy one day exercising on the beach, and he he had a parachute tied to him as he was running in the sand. I'm not serious, dude. I want to go up and snip the parachute off. Dude, you're not running very fast because there's a parachute behind you. And there's people with parachutes that are just dragging all this behind them. And, I, and here, here, here's how I, 
this isn't rocket science, but, but here's how I know that you can start living in today is when you face your issues today, you don't even have to win the battle today. You just have to face it. You just have to face it. Because then it feels better. If you just own it, if you just confess and just own it. And, and if you wait to do it someday, then you know what I found out? That, that people, we people are funny. We, we, we someday are going to fix it. But when we have that attitude, it always leapfrogs over today. That thing in your life and your heart that you're going to confront tomorrow leapfrogs today and lands in yesterday. And there are some believers who spend their whole life, I'm going to fix that problem. Man, I've been doing this wrong the whole long time. One day I'm going to fix this problem. I've really been doing this wrong the whole time. How many know what I'm talking about? And they never let it land right here and right now because he is not only not the great I was and he's not the great I will be, he is the great I am. And this is the day. The writer of this psalm is, 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 is not simply making a declaration. He's setting a destination for his heart. If you have a GPS, you put in the destination and you press go. How many know what I'm talking about? I'm living high in the hog now. Mine's mounted in the dashboard. Oh, yeah. Punch it in. Boom. Go. I don't even have to think about it. I can drive and sing now. Sorry. And when it comes time to make a turn, she'll interrupt my song. Say, Bubba, turn here. And I turn. And then I'll drive for a little while, and she'll say, Bubba, turn here. And I'll turn there. And then I get to the end of my trip, and guess what? I'm where I'm supposed to be. You with me? So when you get up in the morning, set your heart's GPS. This is the day. I, I done messed up yesterday, but I can't fix that now. Now I'm not going to waste today hoping to fix it tomorrow. This is the day. This right here is the day God has made. I'm setting my internal heart GPS on this. I am going to rejoice and be glad in it. But what, 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 what about if this happens? No, you don't understand. You just sing as you go along. And when there comes a time for a turn to be made, the Holy Spirit will tell you. And then go back to 
You know, I, 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 I've thought about this. I, you know, the Bible teaches us that there isn't a bird, the smallest of birds, the sparrow, the, the know-nothing bird, the one you almost want to shoo away from your bird feeder because they're just the sparrow. We want the colorful, how many don't want to come on? You go to the feed store, they've got 30 different types of feed. The singing birds and these birds and that. There ain't no bag of seed that says sparrow. Okay? Songbirds, pretty birds, cardinals, blue jays. They got all of them. None of them say sparrow on it. But our father notices the death of every sparrow. More than that, in another place in Scripture, he says that they don't know where they're getting their next food because I take care of them. I shared with you, I sitting in a chair in our front window, I'd hung up one of those soot cakes because my, my wife loves to see birds come and go, and I love my wife, so I put a soot cake out. And I swear, it wasn't out minutes. And birds are hitting it. And I, I thought about that for a moment. I said, you know, there's nothing in, in nature that looks like a sootcake to a bird. It's not like anywhere else in all of nature is there a sootcake sitting out. Except, I mean, know what I'm talking about? This is the square things? Except when we put them out. But it doesn't look like anything they've ever eaten before. And yet, those little birds are flying along at 20 or 30 miles an hour. I said, oh, suitcake. And they fly over and they land and they start eating the suitcake. And I, I, I understand some of you will, will, will criticize this. Or I, 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 all I can do is tell you what happened. I thought to myself, how do they even know it's there? It's only been out there a few minutes. I didn't have a big sign that says eat here. There's no sign on the suitcase that says open, 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 open. We just stuck it out. It was under the awning. It was hanging in a, a green cage. Nowhere else in all of a bird's life does it eat suitcake out of a green cage. And yet they were coming and land. They were flying by. And then they just come and land on it and eat. I said, God, I, I don't, how do they know it's there? I swear to you, he said, I told him. An hour or two earlier in that day, it's pitch dark. And that bird is on a branch somewhere singing. It, are you getting this? It has no idea what the day holds. It doesn't know where it's going to find food. Food. It doesn't even know what a suitcake is. It can't spell it any more than we can. It's spelled S-U-E-D if you don't know. It doesn't know any of that. It doesn't know if this is going to be the day where it lands on the ground and our cat gets it. 
It doesn't know that. And yet it starts the day singing. I thank my God that my wife loves to sing. She brings music into our lives. I'm a silence guy. We've taken multi-day trips with people and we never turned any noise on. Am I telling the truth? <laughs> and it's no different when I'm by myself. And she brings music. You know what? You know what? I, tell me what. You, you can think what you want. I'll tell you what I think. I, I think that that bird is setting its heart to rejoice and be glad in the day even while in that moment the bird is in darkness and does not have an answer for any questions it may have, the bird understands I'm setting my heart to rejoice and be glad. Today, right now, right now, right now, is when God has given us. Not last Sunday, not next Sunday. Right now. This is the day, today. December, whatever day today is. 29th. This is the day. This day. You're going to be the person God's called you to be today. Tomorrow isn't promised to you. It's not promised. Today. Today's your day. Right now. In the moment. In the moment is where we need to engage God. In the moment. Would you stand to your feet? That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.